0: So the million dollar question is, are you wearing any fast fashion today?
1: I don't think so. Okay. Like these are all like quality pieces. A Goldie, we wore what, had these for 10 years, leather boots. Wow.
0: <laughs> we cannot call her out today. We cannot call her out man. I have
1: Zara, like a lot of Zara here.
0: I'm Brian de los Santos and this is How to LA from Elias Studios. Pretty much just the jacket I'm wearing. I have no idea where I got it, but I know that it was, like, really, really cheap. But everything else, as far as I can tell, is, like, American-made or UK-made, like, my Doc Martens. Today, we're talking about a global issue, but one that has huge impact here in Los Angeles.
1: What about you, Brian? Uh, Who are you wearing?
0: God, I feel like such a cool fashion blogger today. I'm out with How to LA producer Meg Botel and Jens Campbell. Production Coordinator for LES Studios. This was thrifted. The brand's in the back, I don't know what it is. The pants are given to me by my friend who works at a nice store. And the shoes are all saints, so nothing fast fashion today.
1: All right, we're doing pretty well as a group. Yeah. Cool.
0: I'm sure you've noticed fast fashion brands have become super popular over the past 30 years. Before fast fashion hit the market, beginning with Zara in the 70s and Forever 21 in the 80s, fashion brands produce clothes seasonally. Most Americans purchase new clothing only a few times a year. These days, Americans buy a new piece of clothing on average every five days. And in more recent years, a new cohort of companies have taken it to the next level. This is very, like, in your face mariachi vibes with a lot of colors. So we're here on Main Street in El Monte, or El Monte as some would say, and we're checking out the Shein murals that were put up last year. We're here in El Monte because of these murals painted along Main Street. They were commissioned by the online retailer Shein, a fast fashion giant based in China that's been facing a lot of controversy lately. The murals, painted by five local Latino artists, were unveiled during a Sheen-sponsored block party last September, during Latino Heritage Month. It's kind of a big commitment, so we want to know, why murals and why here? You got things from mariachi musicians to murals of women of different shades, just really interesting type of art, and they're all very different here on the boulevard. To help us understand, we invited Josie Wong to join us out here in El Monte. Hey
1: Josie. Hi everyone. Hi. Sorry, I'm Hi. a little late. She
0: covers Asian American communities for LAist. Good, it's LA traffic. Josie did some pretty deep reporting on Shein earlier this year, and the big efforts it made to establish itself in the LA market, like those murals. Kind of want to start at the top, really. Why did you want to tell this story for people here listening in LA?
1: I was getting emails about a pop-up for the brand Sheehan in Montebello. And I was like, oh, Montebello, interesting choice. It wasn't at the usual touristy places to be seen like the Grove or the Americana. So I went and checked it out. There was like a very kind of club vibe to it, thumping music. There was Lotto, SZA, Doja Cat, and there was like these rope barriers. And there were people waiting outside to go into this pop-up. You know, it's quite the scene because it was like you're going into a club but you're in the middle of this mall, right by the food court, and there was a sense of real excitement and exclusivity to go see clothes made by this brand that a lot of people don't ever have a chance to interact with in real life.
3: For fast fashion, they actually give you new product almost like every week.
0: This is Tracy Tung.
3: Um, and assistant professor at Cal State Northridge. I teach courses in apparel design and merchandising. When we look at regular fashion, normally a company produces new collections like four times a year. It will take them about a year, the lead time, to produce those collections. But fast fashion has reduced the lead time and then produce more new garments in a year. So consumers constantly get this excitement that, oh, they have a new product every week. So let's go check it out.
0: And no surprise, Tracy said fast fashion brands have become so popular simply because they're so affordable.
3: Well, first, fast fashion got very popular because of Zara they started this business model. They reduced the lead time they need to produce garments and they are able to provide cheaper items, but with those high fashion style. Then of course, HMM and other companies, the definition of fast fashion has been changing. Now we are even talking about like is urban outfitters, fast fashion.
0: And then, in the past few years, another global giant began to dominate the market and take it a step further.
3: When Shein showed up, you know, people describe Shein as it's ultra fast fashion. It's, mm. it's not even fast fashion. So you can see how fast they have a new product and how cheap their product can be in the store for consumers. I think it has something to do with inflation because consumers are trying to reduce their spending and find a cheaper solution. So that's how I think one of the reasons why Shein got so popular.
0: Shein hit the market in 2012, but began to dominate globally, becoming the most hyped fashion brand on TikTok over the past few years. In 2022, it became the world's largest fashion retailer. And as Tracy Tung points out, Shein has basically taken it to the next level, to ultra-fast fashion. It's produced even faster and made even cheaper than brands like H&M, Forever 21, and Zara. Shops like ASOS, Boohoo, and Fashion Nova would also be considered ultra-fast fashion brands. They often add as many as 7,000 new styles to its websites every week and mainly appeal to customers under 30. So we're walking to another mural depicting four women, different shades, different styles, and you can scan a code that's on the mural and says scan code to learn more. So we're about to do that. It says, why El Monte? Located east of downtown LA, El Monte has a private history that deserves to be told. Now that a 40-year-old ban on murals has been lifted, it's the perfect time to bring art back into the community. El Monte has also become a popular place for the next generation to lay down their roots. It's interesting obviously you buy clothes because you want to look good you want to feel good but as we talk about fast fashion and companies that capitalize in this type of fashion uh there's also like the bad and ugly side of it right
3: there is a desert actually in chile full of clothes wow and just think about the material we use polyester nylon and some other regenerated fibers, like rayon. These fibers, especially for polyester, it's like plastic. It will take very, very long for polyester to degrade naturally. If you bury a polyester t-shirt, that's like burying a plastic water bottle. So this overproduction cost is a big issue in the fashion industry right now.
0: According to the United States Environmental Protection Agency, the amount of clothing Americans throw away each year has doubled in the last 20 years. Last year in Coachella, I purchased a whole outfit from Sheehan and it was really cheap. I think I spent less than $50 for like four things. And you know, those are things that I'm not gonna use again.
1: They really remove any barrier to shopping. There was a very easy to use app, right? I met this one woman at the pop-up who was dressed head to toe in Shein, and her outfit looked like three times more than maybe the 30, $40 she spent on it. Uh, She looked great because of Shein's meteoric rise and just like the sheer volume of clothing that it produces that it's gotten a lot of scrutiny. There was a public watchdog group that actually did an investigation and found that, you know, suppliers used by Shein made employees work 75-hour work weeks with almost no days off. There was another investigation by the UK's Channel 4 which found that workers at two of the factories used by Shein were spending up to 18 hours a day making Shein clothes. So that's just like 6 hours left in the day to like sleep and eat and, you know, live your life. Wow.
0: That's just horrible labor conditions. Many of us may be thinking, "Okay, these working conditions are horrible, but it doesn't happen here in this country or in L.A., right? Well.
2: The garment industry in Los Angeles is just like the garment industry all around the world where the pressure from fast fashion brands at the top of global supply chains, puts pressure on the prices that are paid for garments and therefore on the wages that garment workers are paid.
0: This is Nayantara Banjari.
2: I do industry research and strategy for Garment Worker Center here in Los Angeles.
0: I'm curious to know who are LA's garment workers? You know, Can you describe their stories, where they come from?
2: The fashion district has been home to the largest domestic manufacturing hub in the United States for over 130 years. Garment workers themselves come from our neighbors to the south. They're often, in our membership, coming from Mexico and Guatemala, Honduras. They are very skilled. Our members have, on average, 21 years of experience making garments. They're often women and immigrants. They are... Parents, they have children in schools in the area around downtown and have built their lives in this area.
0: On average, there's more than 40,000 garment workers making clothes on any given day in L.A. Fashion and textiles is a multi-billion dollar industry here.
2: Los Angeles is a hub for domestic manufacturing because of this very skilled, unique workforce and also because of our location. We have the twin ports in Los Angeles and Long Beach where materials are coming in from Asia Pacific Rim. So that's fabric, thread, and sometimes even partially assembled garments that are then sewn or completed as garments here in the fashion district. An average building in the fashion district, we estimate about 60% is garment manufacturing. And you won't believe, unless you walked around and saw the level of manufacturing that's happening right here in the heart of our downtown.
0: So this is a little, maybe a funnier mural. It says, one of them says, don't be self conchas. It also says, see you tamale? See you tamale? Okay. FYI, we say tamal, not tamale here in this podcast. But it's just a little like different things that, you know, maybe represent their community here in El Monte. I think this is more like in your face Latino stuff because it's like bilingual, bicultural stuff interesting.
2: Fast fashion is absolutely being made in Los Angeles. This is in part because big fast fashion brands recognize the value of having domestic manufacturing, and they want to be able to produce closer to where their consumer base is. And they're taking advantage of this exploitative system and bringing those practices from overseas here.
0: The U.S. Labor Department did a survey of garment workers in SoCal last year. It found labor violations in 80 percent of its investigations. Mostly, this had to do with manufacturers paying by piece rather than paying by the hour. They found one manufacturer was paying its garment workers as little as $1.58 an hour.
2: There's not going to be a sign in the window that says Forever 21 is being produced here, right? it will just look like a factory. And sometimes garment workers won't even be sewing the labels onto the garments they're producing. That information is intentionally kept from them. The manufacturers are kind of like the middlemen between brands and factories. They understand that they are the ones setting the prices and they know that they are responsible for things like wage theft and working conditions, but they don't wanna be held liable. And so they can try to keep that information away from garment workers who, there are far more of and would have more power to hold it against them.
0: Why do you think that this global company wanted to create art and murals here in this city?
1: So there are several things going on here when I look at the mural, right? Shein does not have brick and mortar locations, so there's not a lot of opportunity for people to really interact with the brand having these murals on the street level and seeing the Shein brand is a way to up brand recognition. These murals are also a way for Shein to connect with its Latino customer base, which is quite large in Los Angeles. And they chose to have these murals done in El Monte, which is nearly 70% Latino. These murals are a way for Shein to show its support for artists, because in the artist and designer community, Shein does not have the best reputation. It has become known for stealing designs and being sued for it.
0: So, from your perspective, is this like a strategic business move to do these murals and show up in the community this way?
1: This does seem like a smart strategic move for Sheehan to do to, you know, get involved in the community this way by promoting community art. You know, everybody can get behind community art and you know this is a brand that's already well known, I think a lot of young people in this community, and now they associate it with supporting local artists.
0: This is Maria, who lives in the neighborhood. She enjoys all the murals. She says they're colorful, they're beautiful, they're her roots. But she didn't know anything about Shein commissioning them or what Shein is. Hey, how are you guys? We're doing a story on the murals. Do you guys like them? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Do you know about Shein?
1: Yeah, it's the clothing company. Uh, Did you
0: recognize it when you saw it up there?
1: (laughs) no. I didn't even know he was talking about that. Oh, crazy.
0: So I'm just curious if you guys shop there or you don't. Yeah, we
1: do. Yeah, we love it. She loves it. The clothes are really nice and the prices. Very affordable. This really is from Shein, yes. You have a lot. I do actually have a lot of stuff from there. (laughs) Um, I actually like have a lot of sandals from there too. They're really comfortable.
0: What major problems do you see from fast fashion brands that are impacting locally made garments, locally made products?
2: Global brands, global fast fashion brands like Sheen are utilizing a model that relies on consumers to want more, more, more for less, 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 right? And that is creating a market wherein brands that are trying to do things more responsibly particularly those brands producing domestically, are in competition with artificially low prices for garments. They've set a standard where consumers expect to be able to have a lot of garments for a low cost. And this has had an effect in downtown Los Angeles, where in order to compete, so many of the factories and the brands that were producing here for a long time started to produce at those high-volume, low-price rates. That does make it difficult for these ethical brands to be competitive and to stand out.
0: But Nayantara says garment workers around the world are fighting back, and right here in LA.
2: Garment workers have a campaign that they're leading called the Fabric Act that would expand protections for garment workers across the country and establish brand accountability for all garment manufacturing that's happening throughout the U.S. And in the state of California, just two years ago, California garment workers led the campaign to pass SB 62, the Garment Worker Protection Act, which addressed these sweatshop conditions by eliminating the piece rate system of pay, under which garment workers were being paid pennies per seam or per sewing operation and averaging wages around $5 an hour. Now, it's legally required that garment workers are paid by the hour, not by piece. So we're building at local, national, and global levels to really change this industry and put workers at the center.
0: This organized resistance is about protecting the most vulnerable workers. But it's also crucial to preserving and promoting LA's larger fashion industry. Because, as Nayantara explains, L.A. isn't just about fast and cheap fashion manufacturing.
2: The fashion district is a very special home for sustainable and ethical fashion designers and brands and young emerging designers. In the distance of a block, you can have your sample maker, your pattern maker, your cutter, your sewer, your screen printer, your embroiderer, every single thing that you might need to make your vision come true. And all of this is helping to reduce the carbon footprint of garment manufacturing. It also gives designers and brands more easy access and oversight into what's happening in their supply chain. We're really excited to grow the responsible, ethical, sustainable fashion industry here, but we need support and we need the city to recognize that this industry is here and is thriving and needs incentives.
0: You said something earlier about this artificially priced garment. Can you explain that a little bit more and and how that actually does impact, you know, the workers that you're representing?
2: If the price seems too good to be true, it is. Someone is paying for the true cost of every garment, and often that is the garment worker. It can also be down to the fiber when we're talking about fabrics that make garments as well. So farm workers... Over the last you know, 30 years or so, consumers have gotten really accustomed to cheap garments and disposable garments. One of the things that we need to really shift among all of us is to purchase garments and think about the cost per wear and quality of the garment and how many times we would want to wear something. If you're only gonna wear something once, and it's $10, know that a garment worker's wages were stolen so that you can have this disposable garment. We all need to think about how we can buy less but buy a higher quality, buy something that's going to last a little longer, buy something that's not going to fall out of style within a week or a month or even a year.
3: I have been always thinking what can we do to regulate this
0: That's Tracy Tang again.
3: I have this extreme idea that I really wish that we have a regulation that tell all the companies, maybe we actually give them quota, like how how many pieces you can produce in a year. Or we need to have a policy that you need to include recycling into your business model. Consumers. They don't want the government from your brand. You need to take it back. <laughs> so that's my extreme ideas. And of course, it's really, really hard to have that at this moment. In Europe, they are talking about how to regulate, for example, companies' advertisement language oh. to prevent greenwashing. Now, recently, people are talking about this standard producer responsibility. They want to ensure that producers are required to assume the cost of collection, treating, and recycling of their end of life product. But, you know, it's slow.
0: So, am I going to stop buying clothes from fast fashion brands? Maybe not all completely. I'm going to be honest, and maybe an outfit or a garment here and there, I might get it online. But I will be looking into brands that are more sustainable. I do love to save up for items that are a little bit more on the expensive side, but I know that not everyone can do that. For me, this story is more than just fast fashion. I think it's also about an industry that's here in my hometown in LA. And the fact that we are neighbors to these garment workers That's what I'll be thinking about the next time I buy something. All right, folks, that's all we got for you today. This episode of How to Olay was produced by Megan Botel. Thanks so much to Josie Wong for helping us on this story. I encourage you to read her reporting on Shein and Fast Fashion on LAist. We'll link it in the show notes. In the coming weeks, We'll look deeper into this super important topic and explore some alternatives to fast fashion that we can all think about. Make sure to tune back in. Hasta mañana. Adios. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live.